We've got to get to, uh, as we do every Monday morning, Chad Livengood from Cranes is on our line. Chad, uh, welcome to the Nolan Finley Show. Good morning, Kelly. So, Chad, uh, we've got Nolan on the line here, Andre in studio. What are you writing about in Cranes this week? Well, I have a story overnight about uh, about uh, Garland Gilchrist being, in fact, the pick um, confirmed with the Whitmer campaign uh, to be uh, Gretchen Whitmer's uh, running mate. Um, this is not a, as much of a surprise. Um, I wrote back four months ago uh, that he was uh, the sort of leading internal pick among, among uh, Repub- or, excuse me, from Democratic uh, establishment uh, um, circles uh, that he offered something new, a fresh face to the Democratic Party, a guy who got, brought a lot of energy to a race last year. Um, I mean, he, he you know, came pretty close to knocking off uh, um, the incumbent uh, clerk. In, in but he lost, and, and he's never won political office in Detroit or anywhere else. Well, I mean, that's that a consideration. That I think that you know I, I don't think it was really a big big factor or a big problem uh, for the Whitmer campaign. I mean, look here's the, here's the the reality is that the bench is really light for um, African American leaders um, from Southeast Michigan. Um, I, there are there are obviously uh, a dozen reps or more um, and senators, but um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of people cons- seriously considered. So a couple of names that, that, that routinely kind of put themselves out there, uh, Wayne County uh, Sheriff Benny Napoleon mm-hmm. uh, kind of flaunted himself as the candidate, and I'm, I'm available. And, um, you know, that that turns some people off. Uh, Sheldon Neely, state representative from Flint, did the same thing. Um, I was told in, um, I mean, Neely never got a second look. Um, but um, yeah, and Napoleon came with a whole lot of, of baggage, uh, I mean, not the least of which was the Rob Snell story from the Detroit News um, a year ago, in which uh, Napoleon's name surfaced in um, in a uh, in a, yeah. uh, a FBI agent's warrant uh, as someone of a person yeah. of interest. So there was too many problems. Those, those, that just those that was just that would have been you know, easy uh, pickings for the, for the Republicans for for television ad um, uh, creation. So they turned into Gilchrist. He's got no record. He's he's uh, in public office. Um, he's got a record in private sector. He and, and also in in advocacy for Move On, um, and he's got a record uh, working for the city of Detroit, working on creating some different uh, apps and and websites for the city that kind of greatly improved uh, uh, various city services by any measure. Um, and and that's, that's about it. But also, you know, they wanted a technocrat. Um, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, her big credentials and on her resume here is she served 14 years in the legislature. She's basically saying, I know how to negotiate the legislature. Uh, at least better than the last two governors have, uh, who didn't come from uh, from the legislature. I mean, she's basically routinely turned to John Engler, uh, the three-term Republican governor, as sort of her role model uh, of the kind of governor she would be. Um, uh, now, now, I know you would probably dispute that, Nolan, but uh, um, but at least in style, that's what she's basically sort in of style, so, yeah. uh-huh. But I don't care what if Bill brings the... Nolan, go ahead. What does Garland Gilchrist give her beyond, perhaps, uh, Detroit? I mean, what does he give her outstate? 
Well, he he brings uh, you know a, a young new person to the race uh, in that in a democratic um, electorate that was pretty energized by Abdul Al Sayed. Now people will ask why not Abdul? Well, the, the answer is he, he spent uh, the last few weeks of that campaign trying to tear her down. Uh, they were never going to get along, um, uh, and you have to be compatible, um, and, you know, with with this person that you pick to be your running mate because you don't want them stepping out of uh, out of line on the campaign trail. Or and you've got to be manageable. You got to be manageable. I'm not sure um, Abdul is manageable. No, no. I mean, just think about the last three lieutenant governors, yeah. uh, uh, Brian Kelly, John Sherry, um, and uh, Dick Postumus. They've been statesmen, um, uh, you know, people that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're yes men, too. I mean, so, I mean, that's that's a key component to this is, is you know, you have to have yeah. someone who goes, represents you in the Senate and and um, and not uh, step out of line. So, you know, someone like Abdul or even Napoleon um, probably was seen as, you know, couldn't uh, necessarily always rely on them uh, being a team player. Now, interesting enough, here's a little dynamic. Um, he probably would never admit this publicly, but I was told that Mayor Duggan had a little bit of a problem with Garland. Gilbert, yeah, we heard that during um, that campaign. In that, well, in, well, he, you know, he kind of fears that uh, that, that Garland could could run for mm-hmm. mayor against him, against him. Um, I mean, as lieutenant governor, uh, if if he were in that seat now, uh-huh. what's the advantage of being well, lieutenant maybe. governor? Well, that would bring some prominence to to trying to run for mayor uh, if if that was uh, in fact a strategy. Well, um, except they got him away. Except they got him out of his way for at least the next time, right? Um, well, he would have a free shot at it in 20 years if he want, if uh, if he wanted to. Uh, I mean, again, this is all pretty presumptive, but um, but yeah, it's it, it, people think the lieutenant governor's seat is is a, is a dead end job, and and maybe uh, maybe so. But if you want to affect change and be in in the at the table in the room, um, it's not a bad place to be. I mean, uh, Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly has been pretty. Um, pretty active and engaged for, for lieutenant yeah. governors, uh, and had a, had a big role in several major public policy issues. It didn't parlay into becoming governor, uh, but it will parlay into something, I'm sure. And now both he and Lisa Posthumus Lyons are both in their 30s, right? And so, I mean, you might be looking at the future of leadership in Michigan uh, for these two. Yeah, parties. I mean, uh, as as, and I'm sure Kelly could also test this. As someone in their mid-30s, I find it kind of refreshing to have two people <laughs> yeah. in their mid-30s. Um, you know, no offense to your generation, no one, but it's time to kind of move over oh. a little bit. Um, <laughs> we, we got <laughs> You're right. I, mean, I think it is time. And if you look particularly in the Democratic Party, yeah. uh, not much fresh young leadership. Now, why... There were a lot of former lawmakers, Detroit lawmakers or lawmakers out of Detroit. Why didn't she? Why didn't she go that route, Chad? Uh, again, 
She is a former lawmaker. Um, she's got that okay. base covered. At least, at least she will say she does. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, th- th- again, they're looking for someone who, who, who could help, you know, obviously uh, energize the African-American base. Um, and, and, and then, you know, also they had, they knew they had to have a male um, uh, because it just for, for, for sort of uh, gender balance on this all white woman ticket. Um, uh, they had to bring uh, bring some balance um, because I mean they had if, if they didn't get an African American male they would have the, the prospect of 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 the Republicans having an African American male on their ticket John yeah. James the Senate yeah. nominee and them not having one um, so in, in the Democratic Party that's more important uh, than 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 any um, either of the parties to have um you know some some gender and racial balance um and and so you know, there's 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 a whole lot of variety of reasons i think you'll i think you'll also see just to the to the youth issue um they need to have more young people out there i mean uh um De- debbie Stabenow is getting up there in age um and doesn't uh, no, no she she's, she's already people. got up there she's like me chad she's old <laughs> You know what, Chad, though, it's interesting to see, like we were talking before you came on the air about how the Bill Schuette ticket and the Gretchen Whitmer ticket really represent the far right and the far left, um, whereas last go around you had uh, more moderate campaigners uh, running for governor. You know, I would I, I agree with you. It is refreshing to have somebody in the 30s. I would I would wonder who that, you know, more independent minded uh, moderate, um, you know, thoughtful, po- policy-focused sort of mid-30s person might be in either political party right now. I don't know that there really is many, aside from maybe a few uh, lawmakers here and there. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, Lisa Possumus Lyons isn't uh, is the rabid conservative. That's true, and uh, she, she stood up against Trump. She stood up against Trump. She voted with Rick Snyder on several things mm-hmm. that could get it could get most Republicans in trouble in a primary these days. And so, yeah, I, I think you're actually going to have two interesting voices um, um, in, in 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 sort of the middle, uh, at least the uh, uh, more independent-minded, not um, you know. Uh, die in the wool um, uh, partisans um, yeah. to that uh, to that extent, and and you know it's interesting. There's there's up and down the ticket. You can find other thirty somethings. Um, I mean, this 11th congressional district race, yeah. right. Riley Stevens, the Democrat versus um, Lena Epstein, both in their thirties, um, and and two women running for Congress against each other in their thirties. I don't think there's another race like that, a competitive race, anywhere in the country. No. Um, no, uh, and cool. it, it's a pretty interesting d- dynamic to look at, and you can see that in some other other legislative districts. Um, obviously, women in general up and down this ballot are going to be a huge factor. Um, there's already some some Republican male senators and Senate candidates who have some problems, particularly in the suburbs, um, and they're going up against – um, almost unidentifiable female candidates. Um, so there's, and, and some of them are, are also in their thirties and, and young. And so there, there's, there's some interesting dynamics out there on this campaign uh, in this election that, uh, that play into having uh, a Lisa Posthumous Lyons or, or a Garland Gilchrist at your side out on the campaign trail. Yeah. 
Well, chat live, you good from Crane's Detroit Business. Thank you for so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, we got to get to a break here, Chad. Appreciate okay. it. And uh, you can. What else are you looking at this week? Anything in the week that you're keeping your eye on? Um, today, uh, there's a big decision in the Flint water uh, cases uh, against uh, the state health director, mm. Nick Lyon. Nick Lyon, we'll find yeah. out whether he will be bound over for trial. Uh, that could be a potential issue for Bill Schuette if he if the charges are thrown out. Uh, could still be a potential issue if, if the charges go forward. Um, and and then uh, there's some other news brewing, but I can't I can't divulge at this point. So. <laughs> Good journalist. You can read all about it at cranesdetroit.com. Chad, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. All right. And we got to get to a break here uh, on the Nolan Finley Show. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, more news, and we've got a few guests lined up. Uh, so stay with us after this quick break. Okay.